ora, and welcome to Breaking Out the Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Naylor, and this is episode six, roughly about halfway through season one. Hey, have you got a work function coming up? Maybe a friend or family member of yours has a wedding next year? You know, photo booths are a little bit overdone these days, but you know what your next photo booth experience might be? A 1973 vintage V-Dub combi van converted into a photo booth. That's right, kilometre the combi. Four photos, four seconds apart, prints moments later, smiles all day long. I've had a lot of guests tell me that the combi booth has been one of the favourite parts of the whole wedding day. Imagine this orange Volkswagen combi rocking up to your wedding and entertaining guests for a couple of hours. It's your next photo booth experience. www.wedo.net.nz forward slash combi. Check us out. Hey, what did you do as a child? What creative output were you really into? Was there anything you loved? Are you doing that today in any way? What about your environment? Inspiration is closer than you think. Today's guest studied at Elam Art School, and one of his tutors said something to him. He said, observation is outside. Essentially, walk outside. What's around you? Observe that. That's your inspiration. Today's guest grew up enjoying the seaside. Around him were cars, bikes, dairies. He walks out his office and he sees New Zealand native plants, trees, birds. Today's guest makes a living off Kiwiana. He's an illustrator, graphic designer, an artist. Greg Strait. I think Greg is living the creative dream right now. I love the way that he's balancing his commercial work with some fantastic big clients, paying good bills, yet still managing to actually ensure that the work that he produces is quintessentially him. And yet alongside that, he's also purposefully making time to create art for himself that he also sells. So he's got a couple of different commercial streams, yet every day he's using tools and processes and creating art that he just loves. Sounds like the ideal dream to me. So listen in. Let me know what you think. Breaking Out the Podcast, guest number six, Greg Strait. All right, and welcome to the Breaking Out Podcast. Today we are speaking to Greg Strait. Hey, Greg. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Very, very good, thank you. Thanks for welcoming me into your home here in Beach Haven. We've had a little little look around your home, look yeah. around your studio, and I love it. I love your little hideaway in the bushes here. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's a nice little, little spot. Yeah, definitely hidden away in the uh, north shore of Auckland. It's beautiful. Very, very tw- tranquil today, actually. I love it. Yeah, I love yeah the apart, from, apart from the dog. The dog who was chewing your <laughs> footstool yeah. paper and your cable as well. Yeah. So you are a designer slash illustrator slash artist. How do you like to be identified? Yeah, um, I think maybe a bit of all of them, all of those really. Uh, an artist because I, I did go to art school years ago to uh, to Elam, so I did fine art. And then I studied uh, graphic design, so um, graphic designer. But then the last couple of years last way four or five years I've been concentrating on illustration so a little bit of all of those three mixed into one really yeah all mixed up and it's digital illustration or are you yeah mostly digital but I do use still use a pencil uh, a lot and uh, I've recently got like an iPad Pro and an Apple pencil so I've been using that utilizing that into my sort of workflow and um, yeah but I think all ideas start on paper to begin with is that right yeah yeah, yeah. you're yeah. always sitting down with a bit of paper and just scribbling something on there yeah yeah, yeah. and then then sort of working it up on the computer but I'm trying to have some time off the computer where I actually do things by hand and make things with you know the old school way because it just feels sort of refreshing sometimes and you can have too long on the computer which isn't the best for your health if you're on there you know every day all night doing stuff in front of the screen yeah yes. i can appreciate that the ipad pro with the 
Apple Pencil. Pencil. How's that yeah, working that, for it, you? That, that's incredible. And there's some apps you can get like the um, uh, Procreate uh, AstroPad, AstroPad where you can use your uh, your tablet, uh, the iPad, connected to your uh, desktop so you can right. see what's on your screen. So you can use right. Illustrator or Photoshop on your tablet and draw directly in. Wow. And Procreate, you've got like all these different brushes, you've got pencils, you can and you can export things as... Um, as a JPEG or anything or a PDF, and then you can just use that. So it's actually this. Yeah, so just it feels like there's a bit of a revolution with the new iPad. It yeah. just is. Uh, yeah, it's almost sort of getting away from paper and going straight into digital, but and using the pe the pencil like a normal pen. But um, uh, I think it's good to still use both. You know? Yeah. Is it the same though? Like it's not paper and it's not pen on paper, right? Yeah, it's not. So you don't have it. So uh, it's quite quite slippery. But yep. then that's quite good in some ways because you can get a smoother, longer line, yep. and then you can go back in and edit it easily. Of course, yeah, it just rub it out. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you've got the brushes and things, so you can have Indian ink without being, you know, getting Indian ink out. But yeah. sometimes it's nice to get the paints out and yeah, you know, sure. have a bit of a play around. But you think you think this iPad or equivalent? There yeah. are other tablets available. Yeah, uh, and the pen or pencil is probably uh, quite a major way forward for you. Yeah, I, I got I, Apple. I had a meeting with uh, Apple's PR company, and they showed me some of the things it could do. Right. And I was just totally so. I was like, "This is the future!" Like I got really excited about. It. I came home, and just raved to everyone about it. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, and I just started using. It. I can just and it just before sometimes I'd draw things with a pencil. I draw them with a pen. I'd scan them in, and it cuts out all those processes. So you're straight in there with the digital, and you can you know you take a picture in there. You can draw around it. Um, yeah, it's been it's been definitely exci exciting thing to use. Your style, uh, at least the, the the current work I see of yours, yeah, is very distinct and very unique and very greg very greg straight right bright hues bold colors very very strong graphic elements yes yeah is this a trait of you from forever or is it somewhere that somewhere that you sort of developed into recently um i've sort of been wondering like uh where i, where I was uh at art school in my third year at art school i was looking at kiwi and i was looking at like new zealand icons stick for as a tutor there oh, and um right. And I remember a friend said, oh, you know, you're a product of your environment and Absolutely. do what you know. And I just kind of was looking around and um, my auntie and uncle live at Papamoa. So I was going down there and surfing in school holidays. And I started drawing stuff that I saw on the beach or drawing the old batch on the corner of the, you know, the, <clears throat> the beach there. And um, yeah, and I started making these artworks with brightly colored backgrounds and I had one image put on there. There was the tiki, there was a tiki, there was a gumboot, there was a, you know, tour tours and things in the batch. And um and very, very simple, and I had very bright colors. And I think years later, I kind of forgot about illustration and drawing, and then it sort of came back up when I wanted to get back into my art. And, um, and oh, I think right, that, so there was a big gap there, yeah, from, from well, I, those days where you're studying. Yeah, I stopped drawing and then became a graphic ah, designer and didn't yep. draw, I just used the computer. Yeah, so I was sort of going back, and then I was doing this job I wasn't really into. Uh, and I stayed there for about seven and a half years because we <laughs> had, a, you know, got married, had kids, kids got bought yeah. a house. I need the job, I need yeah. the support, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. And then I just got had this sort of semi midlife crisis thinking this is not really where I want to go, I want to go back to. What did I enjoy doing? I enjoyed making artwork. Let's go back to making some screen prints, doing some art, doing things, self-initiated personal projects. Oh, which is good. Which I think kind of like sort of uh, kick-started what I was yep. interested in. So with this, just go back a little bit here. This sort of midlife crisis that you had at some stage, you had kids were who were like one, two, three, four, something like that? Yeah, well, I suppose it wasn't really, I suppose, a midlife crisis. I, mean, <laughs> I wasn't kind of like uh, buying a sports car or anything. Uh, but, <laughs> Shaving off your head yeah, and getting tattoos. But, but I think it was just um, I was doing a job that I wasn't crazy about and I was treading water, but I was paying the bills. Yep. And I kind of felt like... Um, 
I could keep doing this and doing this. Um, and it was hard to get away from because I, I knew I might take a pay cut. Yeah. But then what happened was um, my daughter was, um, I think she was about three and she was at daycare five days and I wasn't happy about that. So my wife and I took a half day off. So she had, she had Chloe in the morning. I had Chloe in the afternoon. So I took, spoke to my boss and took a pay cut. And then when Chloe slept, I started drawing and started trying to be creative and do something else in that, little, in that little time. One or two hour window. That yeah, you yeah. And it was, t- it was tough to begin with. But then after a while, it started growing momentum. And then I took a full day off and then I took two days off and then three days for them, two days for me. And then decided just to jump and just do oh, my own thing right. about three and a half years ago now. Amazing. And so during that seven-ish year period where you were working, you weren't really drawing at all? You completely uh, with this, stopped. Or? Oh, with this one, I, st- I started again. I think that's when things started to change. Like the ideas getting them on paper. When I went to the, I was in the UK for a while where I met Hannah, and I did stop drawing. When I yeah. became a graphic designer, I, it was weird because I did the course and everything was digital. So I kind of forgot about that. But, Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like where the ideas start, and if you jump straight onto the computer, you kind of you miss out something, or you do a drawing. If you do do a sketch, then you kind of work on the computer. Sometimes it can lose that sort of. Um, uh, that kind of freshness or it just tightens it all up and things so it was sort of a while to get used to taking something and and developing on the computer but um yeah it was, it was a good thing to do to leave that job it took a bit of guts because i had all the bill you know bills to pay and stuff yeah um, I completely. yeah and i think the thing is that when i first did it i think it's easy it's easy for to kind of um think about what you're doing at the time and you're really hard on yourself and you think this isn't good uh but then you, you've got to keep going through that to get to the gold so if you kind of like, sometimes it's easy just to give up, but then if you just go, right, that's okay. I'm kind of happy with that now, but it's not really where I want to be. You keep have that sort of like, you know, look at the distance and go, that's where I want to be. And they do get better and better. And you sort of start to develop a kind of visual language and, um, and an identity. And another thing that was challenging was there's so many different styles out there, so much great art. And now with like social media, with, um, you know, like Instagram and stuff, you see so much great work. You do, don't you? It's, you, it's kind of like a yeah. bit of a double-edged sword because you get really inspired, but you can also get a bit depressed because there's so much, you know, how can I have a voice? And I think it's just like looking inside and yeah. doing something that you feel is right and what you like and your personality. And a lot of this for you comes back to those early days, right? Yeah, I think maybe. The yeah. seaside, those basic things that you sort of started doing as a child. Yeah, yeah. And I think maybe it's like, uh, you know, I've become kind of Captain Kiwiana, you know, because uh-huh. kind of, and, but I was interested in, uh, when I was at yeah. art school and, uh, talking to Dick Frizzai, I did a dissertation on Kiwiana where I interviewed Dick and Judy Dara and a whole lot of different people and, right. and, and spoke to them about what they thought, what they think about Kiwiana and New Zealand identity because it's kind of gone nuts now. But years ago when I was at art school, it was still, it was the identity People just sort of were looking overseas a lot more, you know, to America or to the UK and things, and Rather the national than pride. New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. wasn't as, it wasn't as strong as it is today. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. And uh, so I guess you've kind of ridden the wave of that, then, haven't you? As, as the wave of New Zealand pride, as you put it, is, is yeah. increasing. Well, what, you're a part of that. Yeah. Well, I think um, you know, it's like observations are out, outside. I remember Dick said something once about, you know, there's a punga tree, and if you if you paint a punga tree, people say it's Kiwiana, but it's actually just an observation of what's outside. So with my sort of work, I, I, I'm influenced by the nature around the studio, you know, the tuis in the tree. There's a wood pigeon that lands on our roof, you know, going surfing oh, and seeing, you know, you might see dolphins or the fish in the rock pools and, um, and being a keen surfer, you know, it's like that draw to the, to the ocean. And just, you know, you do a road trip and I see the stuff. And I guess it's just the way you, 
interpret it and how you kind of you know what your work's really about is, is just trying to, to capture a little bit of uh, New Zealand yeah and you know what that connection with the sea is so evident in your work um, yeah. and I didn't I didn't know you were a surfer but I could tell that you had some sort of connection with the ocean with the sea just because it is it's so evident in your work yeah I think I've always I remember when I was born in England and um, going to the beach in England quite different to the beaches in New Zealand but uh, different experiences it's, it's still bit, the seaside though right yeah yeah and it's, and uh, maybe you know I sort of have you know three or four hours in the water and going to the pools I'd always be in the pool and then when I found surfing at like um, I think it was like 11 or 12 it just kind of all kind of clicked and before that I was rubbish at sports yep you know i sort of been thinking about that recently like um at school we used to do you know primary school you'd all stand up and the captains would pick the teams yeah you know and i'd always be the last one to yeah, be yeah, picked me too. and i'll be, be standing thinking oh right this is pretty pretty bad for your confidence yeah. yeah and in the end i kind of gave up on sports yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i understand yep yeah. and, I, and but I, then you found surfing yeah and i'd always drawn so i'd always been interested and in, made a lot of art when i was younger i'd always that would be where was my thing so, um, so yeah, I wasn't really into the sports. I was more into it. And then when I sort of, I went surfing one day, or actually I actually boogie boarding one day, and then I went to school on the Monday. Said, they said, oh, what did you do on the weekend? I said, oh, I went boogie boarding the first time. I was from England. I was on this boogie board. It's amazing. And like, the guys go, you don't want a boogie board. You want to surf. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, get a surfboard. So I bought a surfboard. Next for week, tried $10, that. $10 off this guy who found one out at Piha and then <laughs> uh, took it and went surfing. I just had that one surf and then was just hooked, hooked. really. How regularly do you get out and surf these days? Uh, Are you fitting that into your schedule? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to, and more so in the last sort of year. Uh -huh. um, and as the kids get a bit older and the business is sort of progressing, I can take a bit of time here and there between deadlines. So maybe like once, once every two weeks, but I'm trying to go like once a week. But it's kind of hard in Auckland as well. You're still 45 minutes to the West Coast. Yeah. You're blessed, really, in that you do have so many great things so accessible. Yes, I think anyway. Yep. But yep. I mean, Auckland is, is great, and um, we do get surf sometimes down at Tikapuna right. and go up the east coast. So you're between t both coasts. Yeah, which is great. Which yeah. is good. But as you say, it is still a 45 minute mission out there each way. Sorry, plus plus your surfing. So it's a, it's yep. a good afternoon or a half is. a day, isn't it? At it least. is. I think it gets yeah. sometimes like you leave early, come back early. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 then get on with some work or spend some time with the kids or something. Yes, yep. Yeah, right. Okay, so speaking about business, from what I can see, you've um, you've got sort of like two avenues in your business. Am I correct here? Where you've yeah. got your fine art work? Yes, uh, yeah. And then yep. you've got your commercial clients, Illustration, yep. Illustration yep. work, yep. yeah? And so that's what you've done. You've, you've sort of said, hey, I can create some stuff and sell prints of it here. Yes. And then I get corporates, clients, other people contacting me to, to commission stuff for them. Yeah, well, it was never really an intentional um, sort of like business plan to do that. It was just, I started making the artwork because I wanted to do something for me and, um, you know, go back to those fine art roots, uh, which I just, I don't know, it's just, some, just really nice to create something and turn into a screen print or turn into a print and people actually buy it and want it on their wall and things. So I wanted to do that. So I always was doing that after hours and then, the illustration, I had a lot of more traditional kind of graphic design jobs, you know, like logos and business cards and things. But then I started, as the more I drew and the more art I made, the more kind of illustration work I got, people would see the art and they'd see it in a, you know, a gallery or a design store. And then go, oh, can you do something like that for us? Like, you know, Martua said, you know, we'd like to do, we want to sort of um, help New Zealand artists. So we're going to choose a few people and promote them. And can you create a custom piece of artwork for us? So, and then more people kind of see your work out there. And then that kind of, so they both kind of helped each other. Hand in I hand, think. they go hand in hand. Yeah, right? and I think yep. maybe they're doing the graphic design work and worked in the fashion sort of industry for quite a while. I think you kind of work out what people like. And, and, and so 
Yeah, it's not too calculated, but I know if I can't get enough of those key kind of icons together in a print, it's probably going to be hopefully commercial. So I kind of, I don't want to be an artist that paints all day, has canvases in the studio, no one sees them, you know, like you're doing, it's a journey, a personal journey, but I like to try and make stuff that people enjoy and people would like to have on their walls Yeah, without being you know, I think commercial is still a, it's actually a positive word, but it's got quite negative connotations. It can do, can't it? It yeah. kind of can do. And you can like you're selling out. Selling out. That's yeah. where I was going to go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're conscious of the fact that you don't want to be too commercial or you don't want to sell out. Yeah. Well, but... I'm not, yeah. But you, want, but you want to make a living. Yeah. You want to do something you enjoy. You want to have time with your family and friends. Yeah. You know, and for me, there was no plan B because I'm kind of crap at a lot of other things. Yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, and so it was like, it was art and it had to be art related. Yep. Um, Speaking of plan B, what, what, what else could it be? <laughs> Realistically, it would be uh, a designer role. It would be yeah, it'd probably be a designer role, or uh, maybe teaching. I've done a little bit of teaching, but it's not. I I quite enjoy talking to the students. I've done quite a bit with the primary school as well, going for book week, and we do drawing classes and things like that. And that's been really, really rewarding. And um, but yeah, maybe it would might have been a teaching role, or or maybe in a design studio. Yep. But yeah. right now, you're not feeling that, and so you're all in with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's taken quite a lot. It's taken quite a lot to get to this point. Like it just hasn't happened overnight. You know, I kind of, of I was lucky in some ways that my boss was happy for me to take those days off and he it take, cut it back, cut my week back. But then I took that pay cut. So you've got to start sacrificing things. So you're sacrificing money. You go, well, if you have a quiet week with the other work, then you can't pay your bills. So, but I was able to do it gradually as opposed to going right. I've had enough of this job. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. And then two, you know, a month later, you've got I've got no money. You know, what am I going to do? Become barista and you know, work part, you know, do it part time. Yeah. That shows quite a lot of sensibility, to be fair. Yeah, but, I think I think you can't really do it when you've got like a family and yeah. a mortgage. You know, you've got to take those calculated steps to get to where you want to be. But I just remember going, jumping in a car, uh, like before Leo was born and talking to my friend. And we went right down to New Plymouth to visit a mate who lives down there to go surfing. And he said that I took a big breath of uh, air and just didn't stop talking the whole way down. <laughs> but I kind of just talking to him about like, I don't really like what I'm doing. And I'm kind of... I don't feel I'm going where I want to go and I want to kind of be remembered. And I, maybe it's something when you have kids as well, you kind of want to do something where you actually feel like you're going to leave something behind or you're going to want to, you want to do some positive things. You want to help do some things with charities or, you know, just make a little bit of a difference. Yep. You all changed the world and you just felt like you weren't going to do that. Yeah. Role, yeah. Right? And I felt like just, and so, and then I, then I thought, well, what's the point of complaining and kind of talking, you know, let's talk, do something about it. Let's, let's make it about, happen. Right. Let's, yeah. Bit by bit. Slowly, just sort of yep. tick away. One day here, another yep. day here, another day here, and before you know it, yep. And you're the, all in. And, and with the artwork, I kind of what I did was I it took a while to get that first one that just kind of worked, and then it kind of worked. And it's like, wow, this is kind of working. So I decided to do a series of these little little prints. I thought maybe I could sell them as prints. So I had to go and try and find a printer, you know, trying different stocks and getting that. Then I had to find a framer, like, and then started framing them myself. So I was teaching like myself how to kind of frame, to use a mount, you know, where do you get your frames from? Then trying to sell them to friends without feeling like you kind of like, you know, <laughs> buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of just like evolved from there really. Yeah. But um, one thing also is like, when you sort of work in a series, you get a series that works and you go, right, that's it. That's so good. I've got that. But then you start repeating yourself, and it's like, well, why is someone going to buy that one? They could buy that one. They're all staying up the same. So With, I think within a series, you're yeah, within, a, yeah, within a series? We, we got a, yeah, you, like it's good to work in a series because I had a whole lot of different stuff I was working on. I showed this gallery in Ponsonby. He was like, don't like that, don't like that. This stuff I like. Give me more of that stuff. I'll give you a show. So it was kind of um, 
that was uh that it, I, I wanted to do a whole lot of different things that made me feel like i was spreading myself a bit too thin so right. i ended up going i'm just going to develop on this style and just keep doing that but yeah i did did do a whole lot where i actually needed to do something different yes and and i was like that series is really good can i just do a few more like that and then i sort of stopped for a while and i did something radically different and then that ended up actually being used on the westpac card um some guys you know agency 99 sort of picked it up and they they put it on the card so this was just a, it was a piece of artwork that you'd created yeah they, they spotted and said oh could we use that commission that for our yeah it was pay a, you for that for our card it was a bit of a crazy story because uh Microsoft got in contact with me about creating some downloadable desktops. So this 2E one I did and this uh, and they said we want to use it for our new operating system and it's going to be free and we'll pay you some money for it. And I thought that sounds really good. But they ended up, their marketing uh, team decided to talk to another artist and got him involved instead. So I didn't get anything. They said, oh, you can actually still put them on. You can still have them to be downloaded if you like, um, but you won't get paid anything. Oh, what? So uh, I did. So I did. So they were downloaded like over okay, a, a, you went million, with it anyway. a million times, oh, and then wow. went to the states and got. There was like close to two million downloads. People were using it with their. So you just kind of wonder if I got a dollar per one. Yeah, you know, would have changed things a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, was so, was there the exposure in that though? Was it was uh, did they have your I name got, attached to them? It had, had my name a little, but it got a little bit. It, it did have my name on there, but I kind of uh, it wasn't like the big one that I thought it maybe potentially could be. Sure. But then uh, what happened is. Um, um, an agency, yeah, they saw one of those images. They mocked it up on the on the card. They sold it to Westpac. They showed it to Westpac. They liked it. And then then I got paid. I see. So it's Westpac, kind of from that yeah. one. And so it's kind of crazy that you create this little image, you know, in, in our old flat in Northgate Point. And then it ends up being a global stage being downloaded free everywhere. Millions of people. Yeah, millions of people on using the desktop. it. And then what I did is I took it back from Microsoft and I gave one of them to Greenpeace. So right. Greenpeace had the whales and they could you have a free download with Greenpeace. And it felt a bit better to go with Greenpeace than for Microsoft. A little bit morally morally more correct, right? Yeah, yeah. You've worked with some big clients there. I mean, you just talked about Microsoft. You talked about Matua. Um, you've, you've had some really big clients come your way. And most of those are these corporates seeking you out is yeah. that right do you find yourself pitching to clients for work like this or does it no, all come the other way no i think like uh i haven't actually really pitched for anything or spent really any money on marketing i've kind of everything just sort of ends up in my inbox or i get phone calls wow uh i Great. and I, maybe it's maybe it's from having work out there in different mediums like you know i've got these coffee cups i'm doing with this um uh, cup of coffee up guy darren and then i've got some greeting cards with image gallery and then there's some artwork and you know different things then there's some of the campaigns like there was a mcdonald's summer campaign last year that was well, there was um, animation on tv so i think if you get your stuff out there to enough different places people see it and then they kind of go they can't ignore you so it's like oh, it's there it's there and i, got, I guess the, the thing is you don't want to get overexposed so i'm still kind of conscious of like <clears throat> developing my style <clears throat> excuse me developing my style and keep moving it on yeah, talk about that <clears throat> overexposure. You're concerned about overexposure. Yeah. What would that look like? Well, and what I haven't. Would happen? Yeah, well, I haven't really been sort of like losing any sleep over overexposure. I think it's like a fine line when you're talking about overexposure. You, you're talking about like being commercial or sort of being everywhere. But I think as as long as you approach the brief and you keep your integrity and you do the best you can and you do keep trying to move your style on. Um, I think that, uh, you know, you have to, it's picking and choosing the right briefs as well. Ah, and that, that's a really, really cool point. Because one of the things I've noticed about your commercial work yeah. for this huge variety of clients all yeah. across the place that you've talked about is that that work is still quintessentially you. 
That's yeah. still a, that McDonald thing you showed me and that other thing you showed me that we can't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> that's still a Greg straight piece of artwork, right? Yeah. So I th yeah, I, um, there are probably there are other people working in that kind of vector style, but maybe not so much with the New Zealand kind of flavor. But um, yeah, I guess you've been ruthless with them and said, if we're going to do this, it's going to be my thing. Or have, have they've come to you and said, hey, we want your work here. And if they've come to you with something else, you've said no. Not well, really I think the bigger it. clients have actually been really good to work with. Cool. Because That's good to hear. And um, a friend of mine, like Shane Hansen, said to me, he goes, some of those smaller clients, when they're talking about like one to three grand kind of jobs, sometimes can be more of a pain in the ass than the bigger uh, companies and the bigger jobs where they just go, we like you, we like what you do, just do your thing. Awesome. You know, and M McDonald's, they kind of, um, they changed one thing. That was the only amendment. You know, I did the whole thing. I showed them a drawing. It was a pretty detailed drawing. We sort of did it, rolled with it, and it was like, that's it. One Signed tiny up. little tweak. That was Otherwise, it. Otherwise, you basically created whatever and, you wanted for them. There. And there aren't many jobs you get where you sort of, you know, you, you get just one amendment. It's, you know, yeah, that's amazing, isn't I it? I have put a clause in now when I do work is like two rounds of amendments, and then I start charging my yep. hourly rate. Because there's things like that when you're younger, you don't really do. And you can have like hours and hours of amendments, and everyone gets involved with that design by committee thing. And you just see your money is going disappearing you know yeah time yeah yep. just and, to change something and so what do you do do you find now that by putting that in your contract people don't change things as much or you actually just charge them for it and it's all good how, yeah yeah out? i think sometimes if you actually say that people are actually more uh, aware of it so they probably might not change things quite as much you know like and if you do a, a sketch beforehand it's going to look a bit like this but i have had something recently where i did a sketch and it was pretty good but then they kept on doing more and more amendments through it um and um, there is a time where you sort of feel like, do I really have to change that? Look, it looks pretty, pretty good, you know. Like that. <laughs> yeah, come on, give me a break. Yeah, here, right? yeah, yeah. And I just sort of had to say, look, I, I can't really do too many more. Great. Within that budget, I can't really do too much more. Great, that's it. And that's actually really simple advice there. Yeah. Just say, you know, yeah, within that budget, yeah, that's pretty much all I can do. No, I get that. So, how how do you? What I want to talk about here is your your work environment because you've got this beautiful home here that you've been in for about five years yes, yeah. and you've got upstairs downstairs separation you walk downstairs into this amazing studio plenty of space um ah, and interestingly you're working with your wife now is that correct yeah Are well we've, we've been yeah yeah we've been uh we've been all working together um for a few years now hannah um wanted to start doing she's very much into interiors um and so she wanted to do a print range um so we just we called it duet design yes. as her working with me these days she's working a lot more with New Zealand photographers, but it started off as um, there were some things that she wanted me to do, which I didn't really want to put underneath my brand. So um, I came up with some things with her, some geometric prints, and um, she sold them on her website. And so just a way of doing maybe more trend-based um, work, um, affordable prints, and not Kiwiana at all. So, uh -huh. it was, so it was sort of like different, a different brand, yeah. and I was the designer doing, you know, Gotcha. And so where's that duet design stuff that involves you at now? Are you still pursuing that a little bit? Well, or is she gets away? a little bit brassed off because the thing is, I get, I get so busy. Right. Uh, and then there's only so much time to do other other things. Okay. And, um, you know, when you're working on art prints, you quite often, um, you don't get paid at that time. You get paid later. You know, so you kind of Absolutely. like, you know, you invest the time now, you'll sell a print, you'll sell a print later on, but you're not actually getting paid, paying, those, uh, paying those bills. You raise a really, really good point there, Greg, because... How do you force yourself to find time to create your art prints when there is 
these corporate clients out there who want time of you. Yeah. And then there is potentially your wife who wants to collaborate or do something with yes, you as well. Yeah. And then there's the beach calling and the kids yeah, calling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you find that space to actually say, I'm going to create another series of art prints here? Yeah. It kind of like, it's like this burning feeling sort of like deep down that you need to create something that you want to, you want to get these prints out. But some of them I end up sitting on for like a year as ideas because I just don't get time to yeah. get around there and get around to, to doing them. But I have found that as I'm getting a little bit older, not that I'm a dinosaur, um, my shoulders and my arms and stuff actually get quite, quite sore. So I've been going to the physio on and off because I don't want to get RSI. And so a lot of my work's you know digitally based so it's having lots of time on the computer so that's another reason for going back to drawing and and um but it's just kind of like juggling it really like i try and a lot of the art happens after hours you know so when the kids go to bed half eight um as they're getting older they're going they're staying awake longer yeah, so i don't get so yeah, i don't really get a chance time. to get to my computer till yeah. later but um i just think that you just have to make the time yeah, if you so want to do it it's it's maybe a little bit in the weekend or maybe it's it's after hours i did have a crazy like five years where i worked maybe five years maybe a bit more where i worked every single night i had like you know in the weekend i'll have a day off a night off but generally the kids were in the bed i was involved with doing like a children's book and there was lots going on and that's when i was doing my still doing that full-time job wow same and i was time. trying to juggle the both and try and build the other one yep. and um working there daytime come home every night yeah help with dinner put the, have the bath with the kids you know do the do their bath put them to bed help with hannah and then i'd go downstairs and start working hannah would be upstairs watching netflix i'd be down there we'd email each other through you know to chat and stuff <laughs> yeah. she'll go i'm going to bed now and yep. and i'll stay up to like 12 or 1 eventually yeah, yeah. and yeah. then i just found that like, then leo's waking during the night i wasn't sleeping then i'd wake up at 6 30 and go to work tough so, times so i yeah that's why i needed always needed that like two o'clock chocolate bar just to yes. kind of get yourself Keep through, you through you know? but um yeah. but it was it was really like long hours and yeah. and really hard to kind of get to to bridge that going from the full-time job to something you actually really wanted to do or enjoy yeah. okay so it wasn't easy but you you are here now yes. um, yep. you you and you do your commercial client work generally most days when you've yes. got a job Yes, that you're yep, working yep, on. Yep. How many jobs might you juggle at any point in time? You got one client at a point in time, or could you end up with a handful? Maybe, maybe most of them end up four or five. Oh, you know, right. I've kind of pitched. I've pitched for like three or four jobs at the moment, and and that's another thing. Is like, how do you price your, you know, your your pitches? How much do you quote for for different things? Um, you're still learning that, or have you got a good system yeah, for how you I'm price things? Well, I'm kind of going. Is this job going to be like the other one that I did, and that was that much? So I kind of working out, and then I'm kind of looking at who the who the client is how big it is the usage how many years are we used for and then if they're a charity like i've done something for bernardo's recently and um you know i've kind of discounted it because you know it's, it's bernardo's and i kind of want to help out and um i think what they do is great so understand that there's, completely there's stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah there is that and yeah. then if it's a big huge multinational corporate who you think they can actually, afford i can afford, they can more. afford it, and they yeah. want something different they want some unique artwork then yep. you kind of yeah. Do we ever just ask them, what's your ideal budget? How much do you want to spend uh, yeah, on sometimes, this? Yeah, sometimes. But quite, quite often they'll sort of say, they won't, they say, you prefer you, me to quote. I don't really like quoting on the phone. I like to be able to say, this the, you know, send me the brief, I'll read through it, have a chance to digest it, have maybe a day, then go back to them with a quote. And sure. then you can kind of put those things in, like the rounds of amendments. And I was asking for half up front. Um, that really helped the cash right. flow. And, that's, and, and in demands like that, half up front or yep. two rounds of amendments, you're free to 
do that, right? There's no rules that say you can or can't yeah, do that. So not, you lay that down. If they buy well, into it, they buy into it. Yeah, a lot of the corporates, they, you know, a lot of people give you those contracts and they're so big and you kind of think, wow. And, and you know, some Illustrator friends actually have their own contracts that go back, but it often is a one-way street. And so you sign us and stuff and then I often lose them, you know, but it gets filed away somewhere. But, you know, you, there's no reason why you can't say those things because, you know, half up front, because if you're working on something and then there's rounds and rounds and rounds of amendments and then... You don't get the chance to invoice. I had something. It was from Microsoft here. Then the guy went away. Then it was going to uh, the States to get approved and then coming back. So it went on for like three months. Then I put my invoice in. He went away again. Yeah. And then I got paid the 20th of the following the month. next month, And then I yeah. sort of think, it's like four months, months. before I get paid. But uh, yeah, you definitely want to get those invoices in and that whole cash flow thing. That's what Hannah's helping out with Zero. Then we sort of, she's looking after the website zero uh, or the accounting and sorting out the couriers that come for artwork and things. So, ah, right. So, so those, sort of, uh, those things that just take up my time, which I want to concentrate on just doing what I do. Great. So as well as her doing her own things, she is actually actively helping you yeah. in the business with a lot of that administrative stuff. Yes. Yeah. And I see that as a common theme, actually, through other yeah. creative business owners that I talk to who do have, they've almost all got someone Yes. on the side there yeah. helping them with things I think it could just be it. to block block out some time yeah. take all the distractions away so they can yes. focus on their creativity yeah. or, or even just help them through some rough patches and even like the last year I've had this uh, young guy Tim helping me out two days a week right oh helping right. you out with yeah. Oh, right. yeah so Great. I've got the desk down there the studio space is big enough he's been coming in the studio and just sort of helping me out with you know the illustration work or we're doing like mock-ups or helping out up to, you know keep the website up to date all those things and stuff that we did like a print catalog um which was uh which is really good so we went to all the retail stores uh all the artwork so things that sometimes i wouldn't get around to doing but um tim's gonna he's he's um he's gonna take off and do something else i think next year so i'm just kind of at this, this crossroads whether i what do you do what do i do do, do you i find you know, another tim or do, yeah, you, or do yeah. you go on your own this time i know do i but you know hannah says people want you for you but you, we could have someone else to help with all the other things. So it's kind of like you want to develop a studio. We formed GS Studio, which is Duet and, and myself, Illustration, kind of goes underneath, under the umbrella of that. So that kind of looks after it. So it's one set of books that go. That's right. Where have two or three. So, yeah, right. So, but yeah, it's like, what, how do you expand, you know? What, what are you, where do I want to be? I need uh -huh. kind of like, I'm not really very business minded, but I'm having to get a bit more business savvy. Yeah. Yeah, you say you're not business minded, but I think you're you're quite sensible about some of the decisions that you're making. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate that you you realise that that's a an area you need to learn more about, right? Yeah, I'm not a business business guru, you know. Like uh, art and business are quite different. Yeah. You know, numbers Very. and accounting to to uh, to to making art is uh, is different. But I think if you can kind of understand or have someone with you who can help with that side of things you're going to probably succeed a lot quicker yeah and is that your wife do you think or do you think you're you're looking for someone else to maybe help out there a little uh, i think maybe like i may have a bit of a business mentor maybe like oh, right. you know someone i can just kind of talk to and, and kind of maybe like writing a bit of a five-year plan yep. i used to always take those uh those interviews where they'd sort of sit sit you sit down and they go so Greg, you know, tell me what what's your five year plan? You know, I hate all that stuff. <laughs> but I'm kind of thinking that maybe I do need a five year plan. You know, like yeah. do I kind of? You know. Yeah, yeah, Greg. So do you have a five year plan? <laughs> no, but actually, do you see? Do you actually see? Because I don't. I'm one of these people that probably has a one year vision. Yeah, for well, where I, I'm going. Yeah, I haven't really. I when I went and jumped in the car and we went down to uh, New Plymouth, I just sort of thought in my mind, I'd like to be New Zealand's like 
biggest or most well-known illustrator. I just kind of thought, well, maybe I should just try and aim for that. Yeah, big, fat, hairy goal, right? Yeah, yeah, just like try and... And I guess the thing is, though, it's also part of your lifestyle. Like, I just want to be able to go surfing more, <laughs> you know, as well. Like, if I could kind of make art and, you know, pick, pick and choose the best illustration jobs, go surfing and spend time with my family, you know, happy days. That's that, those four things. Yeah. The right balance between those four things, you'd be happy. Yeah, but yep. it's such a juggle. It is a juggle, but do you feel like you are actually actively working towards that? Are you I, happy with where you're going? I'm really, I, I'm really happy. It's, um, you know, like maybe about a year and a half ago, maybe two, yeah, half a year ago, two years ago, I remember just being downstairs and I was by myself and Hannah was asleep and it was cold and it was winter. Probably one all in the my morning. Friends, yeah, one in the morning. All my friends had gone over, like they did this big trip to Australia. I couldn't afford it. And then some other, everyone else on Instagram was going to Fiji or Indo. And uh, and I was and I looked at the bank account. We had no money, and I was just thinking, God, what's what's really what's going, going on? on yeah, you know, I'm working my ass off. I'm uh, I've still got no money, and everyone's having this great time. And you sort of feel like you know it's hard not to be, feel a bit sour about it. And, Absolutely. But then you know I just kept on going and going, and then things just started to get better and more better clients and bigger clients and bigger budgets and just sort of kept on doing. I think that's the thing. You just got to keep on trucking on, really. And that's actually the second or third time you've said that today, where you've said. No need to give up or quit yeah. or drop everything right then and there. Yes, yeah. It's about actually just slowly ticking away day after day. Get up the next morning, keep doing a yeah. little bit more, right? It's quite Build hard. It. It's quite hard that you do get those knocks, you know, and, and artists or designers or anyone creative are quite, you know, sensitive souls, really. Yeah, very you sensitive. Know? So it's yeah. kind of, uh, you know, it's easy to get pushed down and where am I going and what am I doing? But I do think that, you know, if you keep doing it, you yep. know, you you will get there because you want it to happen, but it just you can't expect it to fall out of the sky in your lap. It's not going to happen. And right at the start, you said this isn't hasn't been an overnight journey. No, and it's not going to happen overnight either for the next stage for you, right? So yes. Yeah. Yep. You, you, yep. Maybe maybe that five or ten year goal or plan will <laughs> will help you come towards that. Fantastic. I think we're going to wrap things up here because you need to go and see your kids at school this afternoon. Yes. So I'm just going to thank you hugely for your time. It's oh, been no a pleasure worries, meeting you. Pleasure chatting to you. I am just going to ask you just a couple of quick questions, right? Yep, sure. A couple of quick questions just to wrap things up. So um, uh, if you authored a book, what would the book be? What would it be about and what would it be? Um, Have you written the book already? No, I've, no? <laughs> I've illustrated a children's book. Yep. But um, I don't know. I guess you just have to do what you know and you'd be, be about yourself, wouldn't it? Like maybe like the stories you've collected along the way, you know, like your experience, my experiences. It would be autobiographical. Yeah, oh, does that sound too egotistical? Or no, maybe, not at all. Well, maybe no. it would be some of the stories of you know growing up and you know what people did and stuff. I think there's some definitely some good stories in there. Fantastic. So it would be it would be biographical of nature. Maybe your yeah. story. Maybe some or, other stories. Or maybe what I would do is I've got to know a lot of creative people, um, and maybe uh, stories about them. And maybe I'll be one of them. So we do short short stories great. on all the different characters. Great, great. In fact, and we just as we hopped in the commie here to kick this off, you talked about doing a bit of a road trip and talking to people, and you were asking me if that's where I was heading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to do something similar, or that probably came from your idea, <laughs> actually, so that's something you want to do. Hey, um, favourite surf beach you've been to in the world, or New Zealand? Uh, New Zealand, it'd have to be like, I love uh, Fitzroy down in New Plymouth. I just, I lived there for nine months, and uh, just that beach is great. Croyd in uh, Devon uh, in, in, in England. Yep. Um, places in Indo, Indo that I've been to. Um, Pretty good surfing over there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I do like the New Zealand ones. Okay, it's not the warm warm water, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible cold water, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but down near New Plymouth, eh? Yes, yeah. And uh, where else? 
I know. I've been going to Parkery for years. Where's that? Sorry, just up, just up um, past Lee. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think not too far and, away. And camp, camping up there. That's still an amazing beach. Plus, eh? All yeah. right. And final question: Combi road trip. You're driving. Yeah. From here to Bluff. Yeah. Four or five days because this thing goes pretty slow. Yeah. Who's your travel companion? Who are you going to converse with for four or five days on that trip? Anyone, alive or dead? Oh my goodness, alive or dead? Um, oh, there's so many people I could say, but uh, I've been a long time uh, Clash fan, and uh, maybe like if I could bring back Joe Strummer. Joe Strummer my, from the Clash. Yeah, my my brother met him once when he did a show in the UK, and um, he was going to get his signature, and then Joe wrote it to me. Oh really? Got, so you got like the ticket of uh, the show, and, and you've stuff. got it with uh, with Joe's signature. Yeah, right? yeah. So I know, like some of the yeah, uh, some like good Joe's... old rock and roller. Right? Yeah, yep. Some good. There'd be some good stories to be told yes. in that comedy <laughs> road trip. Hey, definitely fantastic. All right, I'm going to let you get to to school and to hang out with your kids. It's been fantastic chatting to you. Thank, Thank you, you so Jason. Much. Thank you very much. Cheers, man. Hey, welcome back. So Greg emailed me the following day, and he said, "You know what? I've been thinking about who I'd have on my road trip, and I know I said Joe Strummer." but I'd rather have my mum beside me on the trip. Greg's mum passed away about six months before the interview, and if he could have anyone to spend more time with, it would be her. I just love chatting to Greg. I could have sat down and talked with him for hours, days. In fact, I hope I get another chance to just have a good old banter. As I said in the intro, I personally think he's living the idyllic creative life right now. He's getting the big gigs, they pay well, but yet he's still given the freedom to create his artwork. And yet... And I think this is most important. He's still finding time to create artwork for him as well. And he combines both of them into two different commercial streams, which I think is super sensible and super smart. During the interview, we spoke briefly of a commercial job that we couldn't mention. And if you've checked out Greg's social feed in the past week, if not, go and check it out right now, you'll see his latest big project is a massive piece of work for Nespresso. Go and check it out. Some bloody good work. So what do you think? Has Greg's interview helped you with your art? Has it helped you with your money? As usual, I've got a few key takeaways that I just want to recap after this interview. It's actually more than three this time. It's just a whole bunch of notes that I basically made as I was listening to the podcast again. Firstly, he loves keeping it analogue, pen and paper. And I relate to that so much. We spend so much time in front of our computers these days. And it's so nice to just grab something analogue, good old pen or pencil, piece of paper, and just at least sketch out an idea. Whenever I'm building something on my garage... I always just start with a brief sketch on paper. Whenever I'm formulating, let's say, a new presentation for a workshop or or a seminar I'm giving, I always start with index cards, and I start thrashing out the general theme and some individual topics on these index cards before I actually sit in front of PowerPoint or Keynote and start producing it. The idea of pen and paper, writing things down, for me is actually really important. I relate to that a lot. Secondly, that quote from Frizzell, Observation is outside. Greg's work comes from what he has and what he does experience. Are you integrating what you're experiencing on your daily life into what you're doing? As they say, inspiration is closer than you think. I think the way that Greg slowly built up to his current position is really, really important. It's also tempting to sometimes just go all in. Hey, I've got this great idea. Hey, I've got this new business idea. Hey, I've got this venture I want to engage in. And you just want to throw in the towel and throw yourself at it. But I love the fact that he just took it gradually, evenings, then it was half a day, a full day, talking to his boss, getting another maybe two days off during the week, taking a pay cut, slowly building up his work to the point where he could actually make that full transition. You know, as I've said in an earlier podcast, what are you doing in your spare time? 
could you take those extra 10, 20, however many hours a week and actually start building a little side project that eventually could take over your main income? It doesn't have to be something that happens overnight. Just start slowly. Start small. And that's another point, right? Keep at it. Push on. There is, and I will repeat this again and again, and you would have heard it everywhere else, but there is no overnight success. Everyone wants it. In today's day and age of instant gratification, we're led to believe that we can do something and tomorrow it will be successful, but it just doesn't happen that way. Any new business or venture probably needs at least a couple of years before you start to see anything come out of it. But keep at it. Things can get a little bit hard, can feel a little bit overwhelming, okay, but push on. Greg talked about this a couple of times through his interview, and I think that's a point that we just need to tell ourselves again and again, that it's not always going to be beautiful, it's not always going to be rosy, it's certainly not always going to be easy. But if we're committed to something, keep at it, keep at it, push on. Hey, as we finished the interview and jumped out the car, we actually kept chatting for a little bit on the road, and Greg told me some cool stories about the network that he's built. He's not a part of any professional body or any institute, but he has built a network of a lot of other creatives, and in particular, illustrators. And... He did a piece of work with someone down in New Plymouth, and his wife was asking him, what are you doing it for? There's no, there's no outcome here, there's no commercial outcome, what are you doing it for? But he went and did it. And what happened was, long story short, there was no immediate outcome, but later on, someone saw that and approached him and asked him to do something else that did have some commercial benefit. It's much like that image that he effectively gave away to Microsoft that then came back around and he ended up being asked to sell a piece of work for the bank card. You see, there's a whole lot of crap around there about creatives not wanting to work for exposure, and I don't necessarily buy into that. I actually don't think that exposure is that bad a thing, and I'm not some fountain of knowledge about all of this right now, but I think fundamentally, if you do nothing, you get nothing. That's a really important thing to remember. So hey, by just creating something, you may not get the results from it immediately, may not be tomorrow, may not be next week, next month, or next year. But you'd be surprised at what, what the outcome can eventually be from things that you create and put out there. So don't be scared to join up with people and do stuff that has no immediate benefit. Don't be scared to create something that doesn't necessarily appear to have any financial outcome tomorrow. Don't be scared to actually just do something and show it off and give it away. Because you might be surprised how it comes back to you. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that interview. Next week's one is a really special interview to me. It's a New Zealand painter whose work I adore. So... Hope you stick around and tune in and listen. Thanks.